Welcome. To Arcade Audio. And welcome to Shared History. We are history. Bum, 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 bum. That's our super official tagline for this episode. <laughs> this episode, this only? one specifically. My name is Cass Maher. Oh my gosh, and I'm Natalie Younger. And over there on the ones and twos and knobbies and dials, we have DJ Rip bringing it to you. This is shared history. We're already off the rails. Y'all, we have we have started so squirrely, um, but we're gonna we're gonna bring it down. We tried to shake our sillies off before this, and it has not. They're still on, so we're just gonna bring them to you. Uh, thanks for tuning in today. We have a very special episode for a variety of reasons. One, uh, we're gonna talk about geographic locations that none of y'all care about, <laughs> but, and, all should. but also. Uh, we're gonna have our first guest, Natalie. Who is it, and how far did we have to travel to find this oh person? Oh my gosh, we had to travel all the way across the ones and twos and knobs and dials because our guest today is gonna be DJ Real. Oh my, I don't. I, honestly, I don't know how you pulled it off. Uh, wow, you were very difficult to get. <laughs> you were very high profile. Yeah, well, and you also had to go through my representation. Yeah. And, uh, your yeah. manager gave me the runaround for weeks. Yeah. Um, but at long last. Uh, and the reason we're talking about places you don't care about is because we're going to share some like hometown heroes, like little like nuggets from hometown hi- or hometown history. Yeah. Um, and no, nobody cares about our hometowns. But, but <laughs> we do, or I do. It cast very much does. I, I kind of have this rep for being obsessed with Iowa and Des Moines. No. Where I'm from. Well, it started off as a bit when I first moved to Chicago. Everyone was like, oh, where are you from? I was like, I'm from Iowa, which everyone assumed I like came off of a farm and like, wow, dreams do come true. I was like, fuck you off. Made it. <laughs> and then, are you going to be okay with the buildings being this high? just yeah. so darn tall. And then everyone was like, Iowa. Literally everyone I knew was from Ohio. I was like, I hate yeah. Ohio. It's like the Sorry, same. Are we Ohio. going in on Ohio right now? <laughs> it's just, they're all the same state and everyone is giving me shit. And so I just like really leaned into it. But I, it's not about me. I got my yet. first speeding ticket in Ohio and I will never forgive them. <laughs> uh, but speaking of my youth, uh, I grew up, uh, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. So I, know that we're going to do probably multiple Chicago episodes, like history episodes. You've been talking a long time. You're excited for these Chicago I'm episodes. very excited. Natalie knows a lot of like cool underground stuff about <laughs> Chicago. There's an episode of, uh, there's an episode of Let Sleeping Dogs Lie also on the Arcade Audio Shout Network. Shout out. Uh, that Rip's dying right now. <laughs> Don't worry, keep coming. He, he might die, this pot doesn't stop. He's choking on his extra large iced coffee, <laughs> coffee with, with cream and Five, Five sweet and lows. To be fair, that's usually my hot coffee order. Yeah, I, I but this up. was also delicious. I can literally see you getting diabetes right now. I love now. candy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there's an episode of Let Sleeping Dogs Lie that is the the theme is New York, but all of the questions wound up kind of being like surreptitiously just about Chicago history. And I actually was like, am I breaking this show? Because I actually know the answers to a lot of them. <laughs> and I just listened to that episode the other day, and I come across as a real dick, and I'm okay about it. <laughs> Natalie, I've got something to tell you. Do I always Some of these episodes. So I challenged myself to not take the easy way out and do Chicago, because I'm not from Chicago. I'm from Naperville, Illinois. And as somebody who grew up in Naperville and has lived in Chicago for like 10 years... Uh, I get like a little annoyed when people say like, oh, I'm from Chicago and they're from like minimum 45 minutes outside of the city of Chicago. So I, I, I roped it in and I did Naperville and I thought about doing the founding of Naperville, but it's, uh, 
just your classic settlement tale. I only wanted to do it so that I could post a picture on Instagram of me in old-timey clothes volunteering ah! at Napier Settlement. Oh, no. But, but now that I've said this on the podcast, I can post that picture anyway. <laughs> and Under I don't have to handed. tell you the story. Instead, I'm going to tell you uh, a story that uh, is like kind of recent, kind of kind of like way back when uh, it involves it involves recent history and an antiquity. What? So let me paint the scene. Naperville Central High School, the first high school in Naperville, and often regaled and known for their academic achievements, decent sports, um, <laughs> notable alumni such as uh, David Eggenberg, aka Steve the Bartender. Uh, from from Sex in the City, graduated from my high school. I got nothing. Well, I didn't watch that show. I got to meet him. Uh, <laughs> also, I guess I should also credit that he's on Chicago Fire, but mostly Steve the bartender, uh, Candace Parker of the WNBA and Olympic gold medalist, Jim Sonfeld, founding member of Hootie and the Blowfish, and Joe Swanberg, the director, uh, and uh, a whole lot of other athletes, um, and also home to a mummy. Wait, what? This is the story of Butch, the Naperville Central High School mummy. <laughs> Believed to be purchased in the early 20s or 20s or early 30s in a curio shop, uh, which was apparently legal. You could just like walk into a shop and be like, yes, sir, I will take your finest mummy. Well, 20s and 30s, people were like obsessed with yeah. ancient Egypt and everything. Yeah. There was a lot of excavation. Yeah. Um, I guess I think it's illegal now to like perch a mummy from a to buy, sell, and trade mum- remains. Yeah, I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm happy for that. Uh, <laughs> in my notes and, and in my research, I found that it's like this was legal, a legal practice until 1946, and I was like, what was like <laughs> that? Like buying a mummy, buying remains, buying them at just like what's the legal letter of the at, law like, here? O'Donovan's like yeah. fanciful beasts and curiosities yeah. like, <laughs> without like a license or a permit or something yeah. like that. Like, what is, is that a part, part of this that became I want to turn this into like the Midwest version of Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Like there's the American <laughs> dead bodies and where to find <laughs> there's the American Hogwarts and then there's like the Midwestern Hogwarts. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, it's called just hogs. <laughs> So this, this, uh, shut up, Cass. <laughs> this, uh, mummy was donated at some point in the 1940s, uh, by a local Dr. Martin, uh, who it does, it doesn't appear to that they had any like children. And so it doesn't appear that that family has like descendants and whatnot in Naperville to like follow up about who he was and why he gave Central a mummy. There is a Martin Avenue pharmacy that I don't think is on a street called martin avenue wait he just he, he just gave donated, it to I the school yes he donated this mummy to my high school also can we talk about how his name's doc martin <laughs> <laughs> so just kind of comes in from out of nowhere buys a mummy donates it to a school yeah. is out of there has no I mean, he lived trace. in Naperville, so he lived there but he didn't have any kids so he and didn't have any like, students at the school yeah and so there's not much of like a trace of him. No, anything? and here's why. This is my probably my favorite part of the story. Uh, this this mummy. I don't know what at what stage like the built school building was because that school's been like renovated and or like added onto a lot. Um, that that mummy was forgotten about for decades. Decades, uh, and then that mummy was just. That happened upon in a storage room or closet of the school, just like by a teacher or fa- like a faculty member. It was just rediscovered in a storeroom. Oh, we got to get rid of these old textbooks. What the hell is that? Yeah, in 1975. <laughs> so it was donated in the <laughs> 40s, and they like just like put this mummy in a closet. <laughs> so I it also- got donated. Thank you. Yeah. I also just really want it to be like, it's Halloween and like, oh, Miss Regis is going to, you know, decorate her classroom for Halloween. Got to oh, go get the die cutter. This is a fun mommy. No, ma'am, that's a real mommy. Yep. <laughs> that's not a fun mommy. Oh, that's shit. a real mommy. <laughs> this isn't a craft. And I don't think it was like, I don't think it was stored in any like, like case or anything. Like, I don't know how it was stored, but I just love that it, they just were like, and then we misplaced it for 35 <laughs> years. Also, I think the point that I was getting at with Doc Martin there was 
all those elements, you add them all up, I'm thinking time traveler. Ooh. Okay, but why would a time traveler bring a mummy to a high school? Because he's like trying or (laughs) he was he was a comedian. We are in the Chicagoland area. Oh yep. You know that, that doctor was one of Second City's finest. The ancient oh, Egyptian had a had a thriving improv community. Yep, <laughs> gross. Uh, so they they rediscovered we just rediscovered this mummy chilling in a storeroom in 1975. Uh, they named him or her because they didn't know anything about the mummy, uh, and because gender is a construct, uh, they named him or her Butch. And here's like a little bit about they estimated the date range at that point, like that. Like when it when that mummy was from as about like 300 BC to 200 AD, uh, and there's about like 200 other uh, mummies in the U.S. of a, like a similar date range. That's kind of what they were benching it on. Uh, it, those are all obviously in museums and not suburban high schools. <laughs> <laughs> I also uh, had a neighbor named Butch growing up, and he was had quite he checked mu- in on. He him? was pretty mummy ass. Oh, I was gonna say yeah. have you checked in on him. Are you sure he's not in a storeroom of my high school? <laughs> He did like run some shady ass warehouse because that's where we got all of our illegal cable and bootleg wrestling shirts from. Yes. So uh, the oh the mummy uh, Butch is not much over three feet in length, uh, and this mummy was sitting. So in the seventies, when they found him, they then were like, w- "Okay," and they uh, uh, put him in a ca- in more of a case and put him on display in next to their trophy case in uh it was in the when i was in school it was in the second floor uh his, like history department humanities department office so it was in this like little hallway wait so you knew offices. about this like when you went to yeah, school yeah, yeah. like that mummy's like, still there uh spoiler alert mummies keep on keeping on because they're preserved <laughs> 1999 Brendan Fraser mummy reference mummy well reference. we're not quite to 99 yet in 94 uh, a local radiology clinic gave the mummy an extensive total body CAT scan free of charge because mummies get free health care. Uh, and the, <laughs> at a public school. <laughs> at a public school, mummies get free health care. Uh, so, get off the teat, mummy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh, it's, no. it's three feet long. It's got to be a child. Uh, so it belongs on somebody's insurance. <laughs> So they give the mummy a CAT scan. The the can you imagine being the, okay? So there's like a lab tech who brought the mummy to the radiology clinic for the CAT scan and didn't want to damage the mummy. So first of all, just driving around Naperville with a mummy in your car, but like which I wish Naperville like I wish like Illinois had a had like carpool lanes because they could just <laughs> put sunglasses on him, <laughs> just put him in the carpool lane, and be like this is fine. Um, they. Uh, the, they said that they made like a like a little like wire kind of like bed or like uh uh like hanging yeah like a little wire hanging bed thingy to transport it safely from the school to the hospital to which i say i mean it was just thrown in a closet for 35 years so i think you could have just strapped it in and it would have been fine <laughs> buckle up yeah just bu- buckle up for safety um and the results so the the reason they did this is that they're like maybe we can determine at least like gender age and maybe cause of death uh and so the radiology clinic uh their results said that the mummy was a male and they did this based on pelvic bone that the mummy was a male and died uh at around the age of eight and a half um and they couldn't determine cause of death there's a hole in the back in like the lower back of the mummy's skull but that was probably just mummification process. yeah that was just probably from embalmment and that's what the the history teachers uh who kind of took charge of like being the shepherds of caretakers of the mummy uh believed as well they're like that's probably from like removing the brain yeah. and embalmment those teachers i'm going to name drop because i've name dropped them before in past episodes um if you've been following along with shared history for all these episodes uh, you know that we take a drink every time Natalie yeah. mentions or apologizes to a yep. past history teacher. Uh, so, I, and this is also cute because also both of these teachers uh, retired this year. They just retired. I just Aww. found this out this week. Um, it's uh, Mr. Galanis and Mr. Henneberry, who I had for multiple classes, and I love dearly. They were always kind of like the keepers of the keepers of the crypt, if you will. <laughs> uh, the crypt being a glass case in. Uh, the history office. <laughs> um, great. So they're like, cool. It's a dude, eight and a half. 
they name him Butch. This is, I think, the point that he gets the name Butch. And he's just chilling in a glass case in the history department uh, until 2002 uh, when National Geographic came and knock in uh, because they were going to feature the mummy on the Mummy Roadshow, which is a, you know, a less popular sequel to the Antique Roadshow. <laughs> Though it seems like this mummy was purchased at, like, an antique store, so... How much do you think this mummy's worth? Man, I don't know. It's been sitting <laughs> in her attic for 20 years. It's been in my family for generations. <laughs> uh, the uh, So the producers paid for further tests on the mummy. Um, again, like, actual, like, more, like, official ones uh, from, like, I think... Uh, I know it got restored by, I think, University of Chicago. I don't remember who did these tests but radiocarbon and dna tests indicate that the mummy that they thought was a male is in fact a female Mm. and uh is about 2020 years old plus or minus 40 years uh thank you you're welcome Um, that would have changed things entirely yeah so this mummy 2020 uh (laughs) Uh, the the style of the mummy's death mask uh, predates the Roman invasion of Egypt in 30 BC. So it's actually now believed that the mummy may have lived during Cleopatra's reign, which was uh, 51 to 30 BC. So, th- sorry, they they had because I know a death mask was a thing they did very often, <clears throat> but usually they would. Was it underneath the wrappings? Because it wasn't in a sarcophagus or anything. No, it's just a loose mummy. Uh, it's a loose mummy. So, so the death mask would have been underneath. I think like, how so. Did they I'm trying this? to remember. I'm trying to remember. I, I could look up a picture of it really easily. Uh, and I looked at so many pictures of it when I was writing this. Just because uh, death masks were I think like. It was under. I don't remember seeing the death mask. Okay. But I might be very wrong. Uh, DJ Rip, you want to? Can you Google a pic and 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 oh. find out if it's death mask is oh, out, out or in? I've already <laughs> just because yeah, I don't know how it would stuff. stay on, and I don't mean to be creepy about a death mask, but that was a huge uh, thing of how they determined area and time. And oh, so it it was in the sarcophagus. Oh, is it? Kind of, sort of. Yeah, this. it's like kind of. Okay, so if you're seeing what I'm seeing, listeners. <laughs> Which go to our Instagram at Shared Pod to see what she's seeing. It um it's it's wrapped and it looks like it's in kind of a little shell or part of the sarcophagus is still attached but has yeah. been broken away. They did death masks up until like the 1900s. Yeah, like oh, Keats had a death the mask. Style of it, you could be like, oh, this is from this. this yeah, is from that. Um, well, and even when they stop, even a lot of cultures that didn't do death masks would do um on the tombstone or on like the tomb itself they would they would carve a likeness mm. in the top of of the like lid or whatever um so at that point they renamed her cleo uh checks out yeah uh although i was i asked uh i reached out to a friend of mine who went to high school at the same time as me who now teaches at our, at central to be like has there been any I, any recent developments? Have we learned anything else? I know that after, around the time of, of the Mummy Roadshow, they 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 got uh, the mummy completely kind of like restored slash like preserved, um, and I knew that. But I was like, has there been anything else? Because as far as I knew, there weren't any developments even like when I was in school and then beyond. And uh, and he referred to the mummy as Butch. So and I was thinking, I was like, I don't. I don't remember. They would have renamed. They would have renamed it to Cleo just before I came to school. Yeah, and I have no recollection of the memory being called Cleo. I remember yeah. people referring to the mummy as Butch. Uh, so, so you can change. You can change your name. But once a Butch, apparently. At once na- a Butch, always, always a, a Butch. butch. Yeah, sometimes a, a nickname's just sticky. Yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> sticky nickname. I, I <laughs> sticky Nick. Uh, I have. Only one question. Mm-hmm. What's your high school's mascot? Oh, the Red Hawks. What the fuck? Previously, the Redskins. So. Well, okay. You know what? So you've changed it before. Yeah. yeah. What? It should be it, the how? mummies. As far as, as so, so Central is credited as being, as far as anyone knows, the only high school with <laughs> a mummy. Also, I love how. Not hard. Not hard. It's right that. there. 
It's right there. When I don't know if we said it at the beginning, we said we were talking about hometowns. When we were planning what to talk about this week, yeah. our umbrella was hometown heroes. So it was Doc Martin your hero, or was Butch your hero, or was there no hero involved? Um, I would say two things. One, <laughs> I made the rules so I can break the rules. Uh, you did pick this. this I did topic. pick this topic. Uh, no, I'm going to say three things. I made the rules. I can break the rules. Uh, I didn't want to talk about a white man who settled Naperville. Uh, and I couldn't find enough about, I did find out, uh, about the, uh, on record, the, the first recorded, uh, African-American resident of Naperville. I, there wasn't, I couldn't find enough. I found a lot of news stories about when they like found out about her, but I couldn't find enough like about actually her and not about like the historian who was talking about her. Right. And Three, I would say that James Galanis and Thomas Hanaberry? Yeah, I think his first name is Thomas. Isn't it weird how your teachers have first names? Yeah, right? Uh, isn't it weird that I know them? Nah, I know most of mine. Uh, I would say that Galanis and Hanaberry are my true heroes in this story. Oh, take a drink, listeners. <laughs> I really loved their classes. Take a, take a deep, long swig for yeah. that <laughs> And then um, pour some out for Butch. Yeah, and then pour some out for Butch. He's been dead for 2,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> Make it a strong pour. And that's, uh, that's the story of the mummy at Naperville Central High School. That's, that's super exciting. That's fucking amazing. I also, during, the, during your story, I just looked up. So, one, I don't even I'm sure my high school has a Wikipedia, but if anyone were to just random article across... Uh, the Naperville Central High Wikipedia. What a treat for them. Yeah. Is it, it on just, the there's Wikipedia? Just a section, there's just, just a section called, well, like, Mummy. There's a section, but then also just so nonchalantly in, like, just the opening blurb is just... Uh, uh, where is This it? is uh, yeah. DJ Rips dropping a beat for us. <laughs> yeah. The school notable for its strong academic standing and history of athletic accomplishments has been ranked in the top 3% of high schools nationally by U.S. News and World Report. Several of NCHS's alumni are notable across a variety of fields, and the school is unique in that it is the only high school in the United States to have its own ancient Egyptian mummy. It's like, well, you're just going to throw that in at the end? <laughs> hoard cut. Hoard cut. Yeah, that's a hard left right there. <laughs> like, but we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's awesome. Also, let's any chance to talk about the 1999 classic Brendan Fraser film, The Mummy. This this sounds like a Disney original movie. Like is well, this when, under you wraps? The, when you the, said the time under wraps. Oh, oh my god, yes! And it's like a cool school jock who, like, oh no, yes, there's a mummy. The mummy comes back, and it came to life, and it's, now it's doing Encino my homework Man for me. It's under wraps. Fuck. Write this right now. Let's send this copyright, podcast copyright. to ourselves. <laughs> when you said, when you said uh, uh, that it's like, I, you're, I suspect time travel, I thought you were going to be like, I suspect n- national treasure, se- international treasure sequel. <laughs> well, so they, because they did the Declaration of Independence. Yep. What was the sequel about? It was, uh, I don't know. I didn't watch any of them. I don't know. But oh man, I love that first one. It's so bad and so good. Uh, I would also like to take this moment to say, because you mentioned the mummy, uh, that for our listeners out there, just so that they know, the uh, our our wonderful illustrator friend Sarah Cruz, who uh, drew our art, one hundred percent based Cass's outfit in that drawing on uh, what's her face from the mummy, Evie, yeah. Rachel Vice. I think that mine is. I think I don't know if mine was intentionally based on. Uh, was it Marion Ravenwood from Indiana Jones, oh. the character? Uh, but I'm going to say it was. Yeah, absolutely. Because I did, I did say Indiana Jones in in kind of my description yeah. when I was t- t- telling her what I what what I was thinking we were wearing. No hard shout out to uh, our our artist Sarah Cruz. Yeah. Uh, just I didn't know that she, that we were getting an illustration. We were talking about getting a logo, and Natalie texts me and goes, "Just wait till you see the drawing of us." I was like, "Well." It's of us? A drawing? Um, And I want to make that Carmen Sandiego, Indiana Jones. Disney princess. Disney princess, magic school bus, Saturday morning cartoon. Because that's, it reads so hard for that. So that's my hometown hero. That's super fun. That's great. I love that. Yep. Um, Go Naperville. 
They don't need it. Go, go. Red I mean, I, I peaked in high school and I love my high school, but <laughs> go Red Hawks. Go Red Hawks. Um, cool. Well, I, I'll tell you a little bit about my hometown heroes. Um, so I'm from Des Moines, Iowa. Oh my God. Are you? Yeah. Um, I wish I should probably talk about it more. I should probably open up a little more. I wish you owned more shirts that said Iowa. This is the <laughs> first time we've been recording that you've not been wearing an Iowa shirt. I, I was think. at a show this past week where someone just started like shit talking Iowa. I'm like, you're so lucky Cass isn't here. I swear to God. Oh my. So we're all improvisers and whatnot. And during, at the beginning of shows, people get suggestions. And a lot of time they're like, what's, what's a, a town or like a state? And every time I'm in a crowd when that happens, someone who knows me yells Iowa or Des Moines or Dubuque to like fuck with me as a joke. And the people I know up on stage are like roll their eyes like, God damn it, Cass, why do you always do that? I was like, I have never once given that as a suggestion. I always get in trouble for it. You deserve it. I do. But please, but let me me tell you about Des Moines. First of all, to uh, give Des Moines a little credit, um, we are a mighty, mighty town. We have had some amazing people come out of of Iowa and Des Moines. Cloris Leachman, Oscar winner. She's great, but she's no Steve the bartender. She's no Steve the bartender. Johnny Carson, um, Jason Momoa, who was born in Hawaii but grew Ooh, up. Yum, yum. He grew up in uh, in Norwalk, Iowa, for the most part. Um, Steve Higgins, who is the, <gasps> on Jimmy oh. Fallon. He's from Iowa. Um, uh what is it? Johnny Carson, T-Boss from TLC, Ronald Reagan, um, a lot of athletes, Harrison Barnes, Gabby Douglas. She was not born there, but she lived there. Um, Sean Johnson, Lolo Jones, Bill Bryson, the writer, um, Slipknot, George Washington Carver studied and is like has a whole I bunch mean, of stuff at Iowa State. You had me at Slipknot. We have a lot of Olympians and a lot of silent film stars oh really um one person i forget where i put his name down but he helped found the um the academy of motion pictures and sciences okay and so i'm like guys don't don't knock iowa we cool but who i would like to talk about or what i would like to talk about rather is um uh, a supreme court case that is is still fairly well known but it's not taught as often and even being from des moines I think I'd only ever heard about it in passing. It is the Tinker versus Des Moines Independent School District. Um, I don't know if either of y'all have heard about that. No. Um, so Tinker versus Des Moines uh, went before the Supreme Court in 1969. Uh, let me paint a little picture for you. It's Saturday. It's December 11th, 1965. A group of students from Roosevelt High School a Warren Harding uh, elementary school and I believe North High Roosevelt and Warren Harding uh, junior and junior high and elementary school. Um, they all got together because uh, JFK had just promos- promote proposed the Christmas truce for the Vietnam war. Mm-hmm. Um, the Vietnam war at this point had been already going on for about 10 years, I think. Um, and so what they wanted to do was to, protest the war and support this um, truce proposition. Um, and they decided to wear black armbands um, with, with like a peace symbol, because um, it was the 60s, uh, to school to protest. Mm-hmm. Um, they all got together um, to meet uh, at uh, Christopher Eckhart's house, um, this student. And they said on December 16th, uh, we will all wear these armbands. Um, well, the the administration of these schools caught wind of it and they found out it was going to happen. So before uh, the date that they had planned, they had s- made this rule saying that any sort of protest or anything like that um, is not allowed. And if you do it, you will be suspended. And they made it specifically because they knew this was going to happen. But it's like, not like, it's not like a protest that's going to like disrupt anything at the school day. Exactly. So that's that's where um, one. And even if it was, that's literally what a part of a protest is supposed to do is disrupt something in a in a attempt to call attention to and demand and like absolutely. Yeah. I think also in this time we're in like the free love. You know, the hawks versus doves. Like, yeah. um, everything was about you know protesting and like anti government and stuff. And I think. They wanted to squash that. Yeah. And, you know, 
hippies out of like its bad reputation and anyone who's protesting the government the war was automatically thrown into that yeah and the school district probably was like mm, we don't need that we don't need that spotlight exactly so um there there were three students who were named in the supreme court case christopher eckhart um mary beth tinker and john f tinker um john and chris were both in high school mary beth was in middle school and their youngest uh, siblings, uh, Paul and, and Hope were in elementary school. Um, and they all did that throughout all the different levels of their schools. Um, but only the three oldest were in the case. Um, the Tinker family had a long history of, um, tinkering. Yeah. Tinker stinker. And they were, they had a long history of like promoting civil rights and, uh, protesting their, her mom had they can't help it you're literally like you get your surname from you see your surname from what you did for her exactly right yeah like sorry we're professional tinkerers uh chris eckhart i believe and um and john tinker had gone on like a student trip to george washington or to to the the, yeah to the man time Time travel. To George Washington's mummy. They yeah. went to a march in Washington. I don't know if it was a march on Washington. That big one that happened. <laughs> the big the, one. The, the march, march on Washington. Um, there have been so many lately. It's I like, know. Um, anyway, uh, and they said that they were inspired by um, the the protests and people getting together, and they decided they wanted to bring that back to Iowa. Um, and... Yeah, and so so they were suspended, um, and they just they knew they were going to get suspended. They decided to keep wearing them, and then their um, their parents uh, decided to go up against um, the Des Moines Independent School District. And when this was going on, they were getting death threats. They were their house was cool, getting cool, cool, vandalized. Cool, cool. They were getting hate mail. Um, there was a newscaster who told people to do this too like they were I, I guess they were like reporting and they're like ever to go do this and they were just being like terrorized for this stuff um and they went to the they're like what it, it wasn't supreme court yet it was like the u.s court whatever yeah. um and they they put down they're like no they, they the school has a right to do this. So then they brought it to the 8th eight, eight Circuit U.S. District. I don't know how government We're lawyers. Works. We're lawyers and historians, didn't you know? Yeah, disclaimer. Um, so then they brought it to the 8th Circuit Court District, whatever, and it was like a tie. Um, it was There was no unanimous decision. And so then they brought it to the Supreme Court, and, um, and, it, and it passed. And up until this point, um, as legally, by the letter of the law, once you stepped inside of a school, mm-hmm. you did not have the same rights. Like there were no, there was no legal precedent for students or or children, just in general, having free speech rights or kind of the same rights that that adults would have, because seemingly it's like you're you're a child like i'm your parent i get to tell you what to do so when you're coming to my house yeah yeah and and then within the school it's like following disciplinary measures like we have these rules and no one i i mean public school public school yeah so so none of this applies to private schools well yeah they're their own um so this was dragons this was the first legal precedent for giving students free rights and the same sort of civil rights and liberties that you have outside of a school. Okay. Which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that that like started that first of all, I didn't realize that that started so late. Uh, Yeah. 60, 68 was when, yeah. A year before we went to the moon, we went to to the moon moon in 1969, 1969. not 1968, but the year after shout out, uh, even Steven. Yeah. A lot of Disney in this episode. Hey, DCOMs. Um, so, so yeah, uh, the, the Supreme court's decision was seven to two in favor of Tinker. Um, And the court observed, it can hardly be argued that either students or teachers shed their constitutional rights 
to freedom of speech or expression at the schoolhouse gate. Basically, you you should not lose any rights as soon as you yeah. cross that threshold. Um, this set uh, in precedent the the Tinker Test, as it's called, or the Substantial Disruption Test. Um, it's a criterion set forth um, for peaceful protests in for, schools. Probably? For peaceful protests, so so there's a test. So the test is used to determine whether an act by a U.S. public school official has abridged a student's constitutionally protected First Amendment's rights of free speech. Yeah. Um, the test asks the question, did the speech or expression of the student materially and substantially interfere with the requirements of appropriate discipline in the operation of the school? Basically, does your protest or symbol or school you know, newspaper article speech or whatever, yes, does it actively infringe upon what is going on at school are people like rioting yeah. because of this is it disrupting a class or dis- disrupting like teaching environments um and if not then they can do it um is it disrupting students from already not paying attention to this yeah. boring lesson yeah is it dis- and, but, is it but, disrupting students from already missing school because the teachers are on strike because they're not getting paid <laughs> enough to teach what? What? is it disrupting students from passing notes yeah Wait, nobody passes notes anymore. Um, uh, but so, yeah, they just... Text, Cootie catchers text text underneath the decks. <laughs> um, so, so uh, yeah, so this set... And it's it's really interesting now, especially with what's going on um, with, uh, you know, like the Parkland students. Yeah. And, and all these students who are protesting, not this war that's going on thousands of miles away, but this kind of like domestic terrorism on on schools and you know school shootings and a lot of them are protesting physically going out to Mm -hmm. marches and protests but a lot of them are doing stuff within the school and are kind of being silenced and not paid attention to and tinker is i don't know of any um cases now that are that have actively used tinker as their precedent but that set off like a domino effect of like yeah students have the right to protest for things they believe in and also things that directly affect them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is really cool. There were a few uh follow up Supreme Court cases that kind of tinkered or <laughs> uh or or kind of messed with this one. One of them was um the Bethel School District versus Frazier, which was um, a student who was giving like a speech and was using like lewd innuendos. Like in or like to be like funny or whatever. Oh. Um, and so they're like, that's not free speech because you're actively trying to be like lewd and inappropriate. So that's one. I like of- to think that it was just like a speech, like a scientific kind of speech. And they just actually use the word like vagina. Yeah. And like labia. <gasps> and oh. everyone was like, wait, oh, wait. No. it was a penis. Everyone was chill with it. When I was when I was a freshman in high school, uh, they were going through the like student body president like elections and whatnot and one of the people was like and if you don't vote for me then f you n is what you'll be missing out on yes. and i went to a catholic school i was like i can't believe we I got away with if that you went to a des moines public school i did not go to a des moines public school i went to Dallin catholic high school so none of this applies to me <laughs> But 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 like, honestly, so I'm fascinated by it because I didn't get to enjoy the freedom. But, but honestly, like like it, if you go to a private school or some sort of like religious institution, school, whatever, you do not have the same rights mm-hmm. as public school students or free speech rights of just your everyday American. As soon as I do cross that gate, my free speech rights do not count or matter, um, which is kind of frightening. Um, but you, got, you got all the speech you want in this here Bible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I also would like to mention that technically this means that a mummy has had more rights in high school. Than <laughs> Mummies you. get health care. <laughs> they got free health care. A mummy has more free speech rights. Yeah, he can write whatever he want on his and, and her bandages. Um, so, yeah, so that was really interesting. And then there was another case that um, uh, further kind of tinkered with the censoring uh, of if you are writing something in a student newspaper, mm-hmm. um, you can't, if it, if it's like a, like an independent publication, like, Oh, here's a newsletter for my whatever that has to do with the school. Yeah. You can kind of write whatever you want, but if it is like, this is our student newspaper, you are, you have to, you can be 
like, no, you can't write that or no, you can't put that in there because it is the school. So that's interesting because while, while you were talking about like how this, how this case kind of opened up the rights and made it very clear that like, Mm -hmm. if that you still have the same rights, uh, freedom of speech rights in school. I was thinking of when I think it was when I was still in high school, there was a whole, uh, thing about, uh, about censorship in the school newspaper because our school newspaper had like one kept away like would win state a lot like a lot yeah. of the different like components of it one state every year um and there was an article i think it was about drugs and drug use uh if i recall correctly that then there was like a whole big stink about like censorship from the administration yeah um so so i was i i did not know that they because i was like well yeah they wouldn't have had it they wouldn't have been able to do that. Yeah. But I uh, guess technically they could, but it's like gray area. Maybe. Yeah. And, and again, this was, this was just like kind of setting the precedent and then on there, their add ons and whatnot. Yeah, just like on the back. The one thing that was, that was interesting, uh, is, uh, the Christopher Eckhart and the Tinkers. Um, the reason they chose the black armband was the, um, the Birmingham, uh, church bombing mm-hmm. had happened two years previously in 63. Yeah. And after that, a lot of people were wearing those black armbands to commemorate them and kind of protest and whatnot. Um, and that's where they got the idea of the black armbands um, because of that. Huh. Uh, so I thought that, w- that was interesting. Um, but yeah, also, I didn't realize the Vietnam War went on for fucking ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if you study U.S. history, like, because the country is so young, it's literally like... I feel like studying U.S. history is studying the Revolution, the Civil War, and the Vietnam War because there's such large swaths of time. In our total history, like you put all the years we've existed, what percentage of that have we been at war? All of it. (laughs) And also, they didn't really talk about the Vietnam. Like It was a blip. And when I went to school, at least, the, the frame and lens from which we learned it was the people protesting back home. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't learn of like, we learned about kind of the guerrilla warfare and the Viet Cong and all that stuff that was going on. And they were like, Oh, this is what guerrilla warfare is. These were the, the insurgents we were fighting against, but look at all these disruptive people back home who yeah. were like, so this yeah. is a Vietnam conflict. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. Uh, so that's, that's my, t- my hometown hero. Uh, Mary Beth Tinker, uh, goes on Tinker tours and has, um, done a lot of of advocating and teaching people about free speech rights especially for children and and high school kids and yeah pretty cool very good damn it's like so important too because also like you don't want us to talk about shit but like we can't change anything else because we can't vote so yeah. like at yeah. least let us at least let us like this. have discourse also yeah. especially with now like kids today are anarchists like in the best possible way like they've mm-hmm. got so much shit going on that they have like no control over it's like you guys fuck this up we're gonna take to the streets yeah because we're not just fighting for like you know free speech rights or whatever like they're fighting because they're getting like shot down in school and like oh climate change like this won't affect you but we will not be here in 10 years yeah we're at the five yard line of everything going to shit yeah well it's like you think about everything that because every generation has like pretty has something pretty substantial that they can blame on the generation previous oh yeah but it's like all of we haven't we have not effectively solved any, like no. really any of those. Like we've, we've made strides to solve like certain yeah. things that like the generation previous to ours has, uh, or the generation previous to them has maybe done, but like that, all of that compounds and, and then there's and, new shit. That, and like, you're right. We've all had that like one big thing, you yeah. know, like, Oh, we went through nine 11. Like that was yeah. our big thing and whatnot. They have all of this mm-hmm. like it's every they're like oh we weren't alive for 9-11 but like our uh our uncle was yeah. and uh isn't getting any like was a first responder and yeah. isn't getting health care like they are going and- through the, the the aftermath of of 9-11 and that um that terrorism frenzy that everyone was kind of like fear-mongering and then they're still going through like civil rights like yep. straight up like yeah. from the 50s civil rights the younger yeah. you are the more shit you have from yeah, history just compounded on you yeah. it's the same thing i say about when like you know younger people haven't seen certain movies it's like hey they keep putting out more movies yeah, yeah. you're not gonna be able to you're see never them all. gonna you're, you're also like, don't get mad that they haven't seen back to the future they got yeah. shit to do and y'all they don't have cable anymore everyone's <laughs> yeah. a cord cutter Ugh. 
It's cord so, cutter. I don't even know how I would watch Back to the Future exactly. right now. I have it on Blu-ray if you want to borrow it. Cool. Um, thank I don't you. have a Blu-ray player. Oh, oh seriously. Right. But that, that I have the, every video game system that's pretty much ever existed, but a Blu-ray player I have not. That, that is, those are the tinkers. Um, and, and let's tinker on over to DJ Rip. Ooh. DJ Rip, tell us about your hometown hero. Uh, so my hometown hero and my uh, hometown, uh, so I come from... Uh, technically Pembroke Pines, Florida, um, but sort of on the border of Pembroke Pines and Hollywood, Florida, which, to give you some geography... Geog- Please do. I was about to ask reference. for geography. Uh, it's like... Ha- it's it's in the middle uh, between Miami and Fort Lauderdale. Okay. So whenever anyone asks where I'm from, I say, Miami. Oh, where? Fort Lauderdale. Oh, where? Hollywood. Oh, where? Pembroke Pines. So so you are who Natalie hates in Chicago. <laughs> it's No, I mean, it makes sense when it's like... No one knows Florida. No one knows Florida. Yeah, everyone <laughs> just, just assumes swamps. it's just a big old swamp. Exactly, it's just this green, mushy mass. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Everything I know about Florida, I learned from Waterboy, <laughs> <laughs> which takes place in New Orleans. <laughs> yep. Wait, does it? Yes. <laughs> co- I mean, we are cousins basically because of. But they have a lot of fan boats in Florida too, yeah. right? Airboats, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of gators. And it's just the gators, I just assume. Yeah. And so Pembroke Pines is like this large, sprawling suburb uh, in Broward County, Florida. Notable people. Uh, one that I just found out, I didn't know who this was until just recently, is Bella Thorne. Yeah. Uh, is from Pembroke Pines. Nikki That's Taylor. A- she's a model. Um, and a lot of beautiful women leaving Pembroke Pines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of beautiful white women that <laughs> leave. Yeah. Leap, Pines. Leap, yeah, and then exactly. become famous. Yeah, uh, and then Hollywood, Florida, um, which is along the coast, uh, Hollywood Beach, Florida. Spent many, many uh, uh, summers there. Um, some notable people from there: uh, Josh Gad, oh. um, uh, a bunch of uh, so many athletes. It's there's a lot of sports down there. Yeah, it checks out. Um, Scott Hall, professional wrestler, otherwise known as uh, Razor Ramon. Um, yeah. A lot of folks, uh, but I want to talk about uh, Ann Kolb. Uh, I spent also many a summers uh, going to West Lake Park uh, in Hollywood, Florida, which is very close to the beach, and then uh, not very early in my youth, in the, like the, the, the mid-90s, they opened up uh, the Ann Kolb Nature Center at West Lake Park. It's an incredible, incredible facility. Um, it's a public park and there's like, you can rent kayaks. There's like boat tours. You can like, you kayak like through the mangroves mm-hmm. and everything. And then there's all sorts of like exhibits in there and tells you all about just kind of like the land in the area. And yeah. So when you asked, uh, if I wanted to do a hometown, I'm like, who the hell is Ann Cole? <laughs> I like her park, but I don't know anything yeah, about her. I grew up going to this dang park. And so I start like trying to research who Ann Cole is. And there's, like, nothing. We named a dang park after her. Yeah. But, like, no one back home is doing any book reports on Ann Culp? Let's go. Is it a K-O-L-B or a C-O-L-B? K-O-L-B. Can I just say that I love so much that you started from a place of, like, I went to this park. I know this park's named for somebody. I'm going to, like, I struggled so much figuring out what my topic was going to be for this one. And I totally could have just been, like, chosen a street name. Or, like, yeah. chosen a street that I know is named for a person yeah. in Naperville history. Uh, that, and I did not. We it, have an MLK Parkway, though. I don't think that would have worked for Des Moines. <laughs> uh, in Hollywood, all the streets are named after presidents. And mm-hmm. then after the presidents, they go to Civil War generals, north and south. Ooh. Yeah. So that's not great. Um, I like to think that the people who live on the ones that are, like, the southern Civil War like the confederate generals are like their houses aren't as nice or like they're like yeah honest, like the honestly, neighborhoods aren't as desirable but that like at no fault of their own just because of the name of the yeah, street well property values in this neighborhood is kind of the case for some of them oh. like there's a forest street and that, that's the motherfucker that founded the kkk yeah what what are we doing why? wait what yeah. why why florida yeah. uh this is why people should own Florida. <laughs> uh, also, the uh, uh, city was designed by Joseph Young, who I believe also designed 
Hollywood, California as well. Uh, I thought you were going to say like also designed to the KKK. And I was like, <laughs> Florida. Yeah, it was a design, like the, the structure and everything. <laughs> yeah. uh, we have our Grand Wizard. and then He designed the ropes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Uh, but yeah, he designed Hollywood, Florida and Hollywood Boulevard and in Florida and California mirror each other, Okay, uh, which is pretty cool. But that's, oh, that's not sweet. who we're talking about. It's not um, about them. It's not about them. It's not them. about them. Uh, uh, yeah. So I was able to find a little blurb on friendsofancolpnaturecenter.org. Uh, so after it lists everything that this wonderful park uh, provides, such as an exhibit hall, an amphitheater, an observation tower, a lake trail, fishing oh, pier shit. trail, mudflat trail, it, south trail public art and design, geocaching. No pets are allowed. Uh, but That's yeah. a feature. <laughs> yeah, it's listed there for some reason. Um, it has a little history. So, yeah, here we go. Uh, it Share was, it, please. It was named after <laughs> the late county commissioner, Ann Kolb. Uh, she's an award-winning journalist who, in 1974, became the first woman elected to the Broward County Commission. Um, uh, she was an active environmentalist with uh, accomplishments uh, such as leading for the uh, fight uh, for the 1977 land use plan, which uh, helped pass uh, an ordinance that tightened government control over future development. Um, and uh, it was it directed a successful campaign to place a building moratorium on 61,000 acres across southeast Broward. Because one thing, like, you know, growing up in South Florida is just, like, oceanfront property is... is at a freaking premium. Yeah. And before there was like any sort of restrictions on this, everyone's just putting up freaking yeah. high rise condos and hotels and everything and just overdeveloping the shit out of this land, yeah. which is since all, all of that marshy ass like wetlands down in Florida, like probably shouldn't be built upon because there's yeah. no real foundations. It's yeah, all yeah. mush and water and, <laughs> and, and greenery and shit or beach. And so, like, you know, when everyone's yelling about, like, erosion and everything, it's like, well, like, we should have probably... Maybe we should have thought about this before we literally built our condo building, yeah. like, half in the ocean. And, and, and the foundation that Florida is on is limestone, which is uh, very, like, a holy stone. Yeah. And so... Holy... Reverent. Praise, yes. praise be Porous <laughs> and reverent. Got it. Um, and so, like, shit that's happening in Miami right now is daily afternoon flooding. Yeah. Because, uh, the, like, inland... Because the water is coming through, uh, like the found the the, the the Earth's crust and mm-hmm. like seeping up through Into, yeah yeah and and so you just have all these inland neighborhoods like getting afternoon floods. It's bananas. They're literally building the roads higher. It's literally the Earth telling you like y- no one should be living in Florida. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> buy your future Southern Georgia beachfront property now. The environment the- is actively trying to annex Florida. Well, the weather the weather has uh, in Florida the climate in Florida has always been trying to tell people not to live in Florida. That's why nobody really lived in Florida until air, the air conditioning was invented. Is that true? Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Ah. Like, central air is... Like, they couldn't get... Like, like wealthy people did not move, live in Florida until until air conditioning. Yeah. Until like, the condo was invented. Yeah. Well, and, like, there's all and sorts the of stories park. of, like, them, you know, like, building their own railroads down to Key West and shit yeah. like that. And, like, yeah, yeah, if they were living there, they were, like... They had ice attached to their face or whatever. Yeah. Um... But yeah, so uh, she also was instrumental in saving the her namesake parks like coastal mangrove wetland from development. Um, and then yeah, uh, in 1990, the acquisition of plans for their preservation, enhancement, and public accessibility of West Lake uh, received the Take Pride in America Award. This is uh, unfortunately uh, after her passing in 1981. Um, but yeah. Uh, the, that award was uh, present, presented in a ceremony in the White House Rose Garden. Oh. Um, yeah. Uh, so she was kind of like the like the Daniel Burnham. Daniel Burnham? Yeah, Daniel Burnham of of uh, that area of Florida. Like yeah. Basically saying stop building things. Who's Daniel Burnham? Uh, sorry. A Chicago a architect. A Chicago architect I, that, <laughs> who is responsible for uh, like the 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 white city that was that was put up for the uh fair. world's fair uh and it's based on his vision for the world's fair that the city passed ordinances to not allow to make the river walk always be uh always be public access or it's mm-hmm. supposed to be there are sections that still aren't um 
that the river walk should be public access and that uh, the lakefront you can't build within. Oh. So like the, the, there's a couple buildings that got in before it was an official, like an official thing. Yeah. Um, but that's why there's like, uh, there's like, I think that skyscraper, I think the spire was almost going to be a pain in the ass for that reason, but now it's just a hole in the ground. And then there's, uh, there's a, there's a, there's like one high rise that is, that if you look at the Chicago, at the lakefront, um, is like on the other side of the highway and is like basically closer to the lake. And that's like the only one because they somehow slipped under before it was like an official rule. Yeah. I think mm. I, I work in the Burnham center. So that's the only reason I know any of this. Oh, and uh, I just really like Chicago <laughs> you just history. Know um, wait yeah. till we start talking about the tunnels. Yeah. Oh, I, they've, but there's a lot of parallels between Florida and Chicago in this episode for me, for some reason. I've only ever lived in swamps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> we're built on a swamp and they had to figure out all... Uh, Wait, Chicago. seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Illinois was... Uh, Chicago was a swamp and they had a really hard time figuring out how to uh, how to build tall buildings because of the foundation issue. And uh, we'll... Oh, I digress. Yeah. We'll, I'm sure Next will, episode. Yeah. I'm sure I will cover this. Yeah. I grew up in South Florida, moved to Gainesville, which quite proudly... Uh, uh, yeah, it tells, tells everyone, we are the swamp. When people uh, say... The swamp, like that Florida's a swamp. They're referring to Gainesville. To Gainesville, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and, and then, yeah, they moved here. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, Ann Kolb. And, and that's still like 500% more, just that blurb is 500% more than I ever knew yeah. uh, about, about her. Someone who helped shape the county I grew up in. That's awesome. Also, I, I mean, we talk about Florida being so overdeveloped and everything. Is there a lot of conservation you know, natural wildlife preservation going on in Florida. There's, there's a lot of efforts. Um, and there can always, always, always be more right. like the Everglades national park is like, they take a lot of steps to try and preserve that as much as possible. Yeah. Um, but also like, there's still plenty of bad shit because of shitty elections and yeah. like fucking DeSantis is not a friend of the environment. And you know, they just went through like a few years ago, like a really bad red tide, uh, which like, yeah, ki- yeah like killed What's a red tide? ton of fish. It's uh, is it an algae? It's an algae. It's yeah. an algae that will like, like blooms. That, will, that will bloom and like it kills a lot of things. Some people are like, super allergic to it. It messes with like the air quality a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it fucks. I don't know why I'm spilling the tea on this. You should be. No, you should be I mean, dropping the beats. Yeah, I mean that's more or less what dropping I know some about. Lipton. It. Yeah, um, like when I just uh, I, I was uh, in Florida in April, uh, visiting my mom in uh, Cocoa Beach, Florida, or Cape Canaveral area. Mm-hmm. Um, which Cape Canaveral is also very cool because it has what a weird area of Florida because it has <laughs> all of these like space engineers between NASA and SpaceX mm-hmm. and like other. Uh, ventures, space ventures yeah. there. And then it just has like retirees and then surfers. And it's like this weird spot where like when they were looking to find a place for NASA, like they did all their research to find like, what is the most climate friendly place in this country that we can like put our space program. So like we don't have to fuck with like canceling yeah. launches yeah. and stuff. And it turned out to be Cape Canaveral. Um, but yeah, when I was there, they were like, they had this huge project where they were just dredging the beaches or whatever because of erosion, I guess. Yeah. And so just oh, oh, for miles and miles and miles of stretches of beach, there were just these giant, like probably five foot wide, just like pipes. And they had all these huge construction crews. I, I might still have the video on my phone of just like them just dredging yeah. sand and just trying to like create more beach because it's, Going away, yeah, uh, yeah. It's 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 fucked, and it's an it's an it's it's an ever going Glade. fight. It's an ever glading fight, and also just like the um, species down there. Like, there's so many evasive speech, species uh, from just ba- from back in the settlers or in the 80s when there was all this drug money running around and people were buying exotic pets. I like to think, and then they would the grow up and they'd be like, "Fuck, that snake got yeah. way too big. I'm gonna throw it out in the Everglades." And now you just have to hunt giant fucking pythons that are that eating deer. That should never deer. be there to begin with. Hold on, Jennifer Lopez's classic 1997 film. Yep. 
Anaconda. Mm-hmm. Was that set in Florida? No, that was set in South America somewhere. Oh, why I did say. I think that was like a Florida? Because it could have been. Uh, I just read a book uh, that like there's a they're worried about there's like a whole side plot about like a uh, a snake and it takes place around Cape Canaveral uh, and it's like somebody's dog gets out and then and then they're like where's my dog go and this yep. old man is like this probably got eaten by like a great big there's like a myth of a great big snake in the area the book actually has nothing to do with this snake it's a it's a, a Michael Shaben book um, that now I can't remember I think it's called something match something I don't remember uh but yeah, it's it's like that's just a common thing. They're like, oh yeah, there's just like a bunch of like massive reptiles that aren't the ones that are native yeah. to this area. Oh, there's so much that isn't supposed to be in Florida that also wants to kill you. But also, if you ever are in Hollywood, Florida, please go to Ann Cold Nature Center. Yeah, please. Uh, also, we'll post. Kayaks. We'll post on our Instagram and everything. We'll post a link and everything to this. Uh, 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 paddle through the mangroves. If you've never, are, are y'all familiar beautiful. with mangroves? No, yes. they're basically like trees that grow up like through yeah. the water. Oh, they're cool. very. They're also dope. quick, quick Love thing. Um, Anaconda did come out in nineteen ninety seven, and I hate that I know that. Yeah, and the tagline is, "When you can't breathe, you can't scream." <laughs> good, ah, good. My Everyone favorite go shot. watch the Mummy and Anaconda. My favorite shot from that movie is and John Voight's eyes popping out. <laughs> yes, when he dies. Oh, I don't. Spoilers. That. I saw it when it came yeah. out. When it like. I was seven or eight. Same. I didn't I, see it in theaters. I was going like, to say for, so closest, closest major city, Miami? To Miami? Yeah. No, uh, cl- it's for Hollywood. To, to closest, the col- closest major city. Oh, yeah, city yeah, yeah. To- um, it's probably a little closer to Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Yeah. The, the forest park nature reserve. Yeah. The, 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 yeah. yeah. The um, nature but it's center. also like just over the it's it's just on the other side of the intercoastal from hollywood beach hollywood beach also uh oh hollywood uh, beach up on the north side of chicago <laughs> yeah yep oh god there's been like so many like florida things that i've seen up in chicago you can't like, get away oh from god. it yeah I, the also time. they're putting a space station on lake michigan so no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, i grew up a couple blocks away from sheridan street and i live off of sheridan road so it's like yeah. what the hell also, uh, our beaches are one are in Chicago are because they dredge to pull it up. Actually, most of the sand comes from Michigan, uh, and we have an invasive species in our lake. What's that? Uh, people. It's a <laughs> <laughs> people in pollution. <laughs> uh, other than that, there's a uh, I think it's a I think it's a mollusk or a, it's a mussel, which is huh. a mollusk. Um, that I can't. I think they're called like tiger mussels or something. Oh, that's fun. Um, I got a couple tiger mussels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're they're by the the water. The water is actually they're they're great because they're cleaning the water. Like the water is clearer in Lake Michigan than it ever has been. If you fly over it, you can like see shipwrecks. Which I it's weird wow. to Wait, think that what? there are shipwrecks in Lake yeah. Michigan. Maybe I'll find one that we can what that, like I can find enough for an episode sometime. Wait. What? That lake's big. There's yeah. shipwrecks in it. Yeah. Oh, wait, I'm thinking the like wreck- pirate ships. Yeah, there are the pirates, the Michigan pirates. Oh. Uh, Maybe one day we can do the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Yeah. Y'all, Where we, we just dropping play so the song. Much, we just play the song. So much science and cool little stuff that we need to do in yeah. other episodes. Yeah, so there's that's that that invasive species is why the water the water at the lake and the river has been so much clearer than usual, but it's also like an invasive species. So it's like, oh, it's really nice that this water is so clean now. But also other things but, are dying. Uh, but also it's eating things that the fish need to eat and other fish are eating. <sighs> wow. Guys, I had no idea that I would be so excited by our hometown episode. <laughs> <laughs> or that you would bring everything <laughs> back to <laughs> Chicago. No, I had a pretty good idea of that. <laughs> yeah, we all knew this was happening. Cool. Wow. Uh, Y'all, hometown heroes. Yeah. Here's, here's a moonshot I want to put out there. Please do. Uh, uh, at a certain point, I want us to be able to do live shows in each of our hometowns. <gasps> that would be so nice. We can go. Oh my to, god! I'm taking or, you all. Yeah, we reach out to our high schools, have them fly us in or drive us out. No, we're case. flying. We're getting on a plane. <laughs> I don't think my high school wants to see me again. I had a. Sh- I brought my like sketch show back to Des Moines, and I like emailed my like theater teacher. I was like, hey, like. I'm doing improv and sketch and I first did improv in your class and I, it would mean a lot to me if you could come see it and you like never emailed me back. Uh, we could go We could go to my old high school like tomorrow. They, I know enough people who are still there. 
Mr. Uh, Galanis, I know you're Mr. not there, Galanis but... Mr. isn't there anymore. Oh, I'm right. just going to put in the groundwork now. Shouts to MacArthur High School, class of 05. <laughs> yeah. Uh, high what, school what? Uh, named after the MacArthur Dairy, that same MacArthur family. The farms used to be out back where the baseball field is now. Y'all, there's a lot of hometown pride in here for Naperville, Des Moines, <laughs> and... Oh, don't get it twisted. I have a very uh, complex and fraught relationship with Hollywood, Florida. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. You know, so much machismo. It's bad. Well, shout wow. out to Neighborville Central High School. Go Red Hawks. Go Red Hawks. Class of 08. Man. We're all just dating ourselves. <laughs> we, we are. Um, y'all, this has been very informed. A lot of science involved. A lot mm-hmm. of geography. Um, well done. A Good lot on more. A lot, a lot of law. A lot of topics that we're, none of us are experts in at all. And we made that abundantly clear. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to DJ Rip. Um, DJ Rip, thank you so much for being our very first guest. Now, if you could get up and go back to your booth. Mm, okay, yeah. That would be great because um, we need there. our outro music. I have no idea how this episode is going to sound. <laughs> None of this Finish is Wait, shirking Wait. my responsibilities. Are the mics plugged in? Ooh. DJ Rip. No. Wah, 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 wah. This has been Shared History. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, uh, Cass, tell them where they can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, if you want to find us on Instagram and Twitter, we are at SharedPod on both of those. And um, if you have any questions, corrections, or suggestions of future topics that we can pretend we know about, uh, you can send those to sharedhistorypodcast at gmail.com. And the password is... Oh, sorry. Thank you, Tony. Be sure to smash that like and subscribe button, (laughs) Rose. And share you later. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.